0: Back to our Team Machine podcast episode number 13. Your regular host, Brian Kraling, is not here today. He had a personal issue. But who do we have in the room here, Dean?
1: Oh, I'm back. Uh, we got Eric and Brian here, and we got my dad here today.
0: Oh, your dad's here
2: today. Uh, oh,
0: better be good. <laughs> yeah, you better behave yourself. That's why we can't have alcohol today because Dean's dad's here. <laughs> <laughs> right away, it's my fault. <laughs> Well, tell us who you are, Mr. Brown.
2: Who am I? Well, I uh, am an owner-operator of my own business, trucking company, and here we are. Yeah. Travel the United States, hauling honey most times, and had some acquaintance. I won't call it an acquaintance now, but... (laughs) (laughs) some work with rt when they first moved here so
0: yeah you started out way back when we first moved in you started hauling some machinery for us
2: yep even
0: did some rigging work for us
2: did that also yeah at that at that point i had more equipment and trucks and drivers and yeah you had a couple drivers yeah right
0: now you're solo
2: now i'm solo and not as much of availability there
0: yeah Hmm. so how's the trucking world these days
2: well, for me, it's busy for others, it's up and down i over the years have built good relationships with customers and individuals personally and business wise and that has worked well for me. Do you spend most of your time just doing the the bees uh not so much bees anymore, mostly honey oh okay haul honey out of Dutch gold in Lancaster and Right now, we're actually hauling empty drums from there to beekeepers out in the west, North Dakota, South Dakota, Idaho, Wyoming, to take empties out, bring full ones back. And then when that, that slows down, probably another week or two, and then we'll go back to haul finished product out of their business if it comes in totes, barrels, and food food stock. This is a specific kind of stuff.
0: container that you have to take that specific container out to them?
2: Uh, it's what they use. Okay. Uh, other other bee, or honey packers, they use totes a lot, but Dutch Gold uses drums, 55-gallon drums. That's what they, in their process, that's what they've always used. So,
0: so I'm sure a lot of people don't know, and I don't know much about it, but you haul the bees from parts of the country based on the weather and their pollination periods and stuff. You, you, I, do you know about that or you just know you haul bees?
2: No, no. I know a little more than just I haul bees. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when I when I had more, more trucks and employees and not solo, because I had to make a decision at that point when I went back to being solo, but we would haul, I actually had two guys when I had four trucks, I had two guys hauling bees all year long except for August. Hmm we would we would we would haul we'd start hauling them to california out of florida in january february march we'd go bring them back from california to florida or this area then april we'd bring them back from georgia and florida this area, area for for uh, apples and cherries blueberries in this area you know our central pa and then may we would haul them to maine for blueberries Okay. And they'd be up there for a month. Meanwhile, while they were there, we were still bringing for other beekeepers back out of Florida and Georgia to here, this area, New York, Ohio. And then June, we'd actually go and get the bees out of blueberries and haul them down to Massachusetts for cranberries or over to New York for, for uh, honey production, clover honey mm, of wow. New York. Hmm. And then... July, the ones that went to mass for cranberries, we'd haul back to Florida. And when that all got done in (laughs) August, they were basically wherever they needed to be. And in September, we'd start hauling them back south till they were all down in November, December. And then January, we'd start California again.
3: So you weren't necessarily just hauling bees for honey production. It was for pollination uh, pollination purposes and for these tree farms and Mm -hmm. farms and stuff.
2: They go to California for almonds. Okay. And then some of out of the California, and I never got into going to Washington, but they'd haul them from California to Washington. We were too busy hauling them from California back east.
3: Wow. So there's just not enough bees in that area to, to pollinate? No, no. Or? I mean,
2: you've got millions and millions of acres of almonds out there, and there's just not enough bees there mm. as needed for because you know you need so many in a short period of time and so you'd bring them from the East Coast to the West Coast just like blueberries and cranberries there was not there's not enough bees in Maine huh I could see
3: Maine I guess maybe not California it's just hard to imagine that it's cheaper to bring bees in and then try to raise the bees on them
2: farms Oh, no, I mean, you need so many of them I mean, you're talking you're probably and I don't hold me to this, but you're probably talking sixteen hives an acre wow,
3: now are you dropping is that like a whole semi truck yep. at like one farm you're not oh yeah, yeah, I mean like a couple here, a couple well, there,
2: well, yeah, because we'd have like four thirty 430, four hundred thirty two to four hundred sixty eight hives so you start figuring the acres at at, at six just twelve to sixteen highs an acre.
0: Hmm. Wow, wow!
2: I don't take very many acres to you got a load of bees. No, and and to, like you're saying to try to raise them, that's a lot of bees to have right there, and you only need them there for a short period of time, because California is a desert; it dries up in the spring. Mm. You know, if you go out there in the spring, you know that's nice and lush and it's green because it's spring. Everything. You get out there in the summertime; it's all brown and ugly. And you can't keep bees alive. Would say alive, mm-hmm. so, and then that's why them guys. And, and and then there's, I mean, that's just on the East Coast. But you got guys that run Texas to the Dakotas up and uh, you know north and south, and then to California and back. It, it's just wild. I
3: never thought there was a market or yep. industry.
0: I bet most people have no clue. I had, I had no clue that that happened until we met you. That yep. you were doing this. And tell them what it takes to... You have to keep the truck moving in the summertime, especially. Didn't you lose a load of bees one time?
2: I didn't lose any, but I had a guy, and it wasn't me. It was another guy that was helping me out. He was another... He worked for... Actually drove a truck for somebody else. He lost quite a few because of his not wanting to take the time and take care of them. I mean, you load them. this, This time of year in the fall, it's not too bad, but when you're... I mean, you're up in Massachusetts in July. It's 90 degrees at night, and it's hot. They're hot, yeah. and you're taking them to Florida, so the whole trip is hot. You put you, we would we, we would actually put watering hoses over the top, and then stop during the night and and when you get to doing this, you you real, you, you find out what truck stops you can stop at and water them and mm. and whatnot. So you actually put water on them at night. Oh mm. wow. Just hmm. to cool them down. Because they just... I mean, you got all that heat.
3: Even with the truck moving, I, if it's not well, in it or something like that, I'm sure it heats up pretty good.
2: Well, they use a use a net. It, they call it shade cloth netting. Okay. And at, during the day in the, in the sun, you want to keep them moving, yes. For sure. And even at night when it's really hot like that. But so you got to sleep sometime. But <laughs> so they didn't make you drive tandem or anything like that. No, no, no. But... There's been short nights out there with falling <laughs> bees because till you get them loaded, I mean, it, it, especially in July, it doesn't get dark till nine, mm-hmm. depending on where you're at. So there you are. T- till you get them loaded, it's because it, it takes a little bit of time to get them loaded. Next thing you know, you're just winding down from getting them loaded, and you got to be up at daylight to get moving again.
3: Yeah. All right. I was wondering how you got the bees to go back and made sure you had all the bees in the hive. I guess they all go home at, at night.
2: night. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean they all go in at night, but they'll, they'll hang on the outside of the hives and whatnot, but you'll still get the biggest majority. Hmm.
0: So they put the hive actually into like a cage or?
2: No, the hive just sits on a pallet. And, oh. and And then when the bees come back at night, you load them and then put a net over top of them.
0: Okay. <laughs> Well, you have like do you have like a system on the truck where you put layers of
2: the- yeah. You'll probably uh, you'll probably have four stacks high of pallets. Okay. On on some forms of pallets, some some pallets have they call it a four way. They have four hives to a pallet. Other guys will run a six p- hive to a pallet. So then you don't put as many pallets on, but it's harder to, for the beekeeper to work because then they got to move the outside ones to get to the middle. It's it's like everything else. You, it's personal preference.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Do they get the honey out of the hive at at, at some point, or what, how does that well, work?
2: Well, yeah, on the poll the bees that do a lot of pollination, they don't generally take a lot of the honey unless it's specific like blueberry or raspberry, apple, the stuff that they would make in California for off of the almonds. no, they just let them eat it. You know, oh. that, that's what they let up because that stuff just tastes nasty so mm-hmm. there's actually another taste for like the different fruit flowers oh, oh, for oh, what my, they're oh yeah yes there's every honey has a little different it still has that <laughs> fermented individual taste that it has but you can pick up like the citrus or the apple or the blueberry clover
1: hmm. orange honey is really good
2: yeah Florida orange honey's really good. California's not quite as good, and I, nobody could ever figure out quite why. Hmm. now you actually taste the citrus in with it, yeah, yeah, I mean, it'd be like you know a few years back, I used this as a reference, and I did try it uh I think it was uh which Bud Light maybe had that citrus wheat citrus or something. they had it out, and I tried it it was and you could it, that's what it put me in mind. It was like hmm. orange honey. Mhm. Wow. Uh-huh. With the beer aftertaste. <laughs> <laughs> so if you just
5: go to the store and it just says honey, it's probably clover honey, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean in a jar? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they'll they should have it marked.
5: Mm. A lot of times at the grocery store it just says honey or local honey, <laughs> I Don't know what kind. Yeah. It, That's
3: all I've ever got. Mhm. So you just go to the store and get honey and then realize there are so many different kinds of it out there yeah um, i didn't either i knew there was
5: wild honey the stuff hackenberg brings here is always clover i think
3: clover
1: and wildflower
2: yeah yeah, yeah well then you just gotta pressure him a little bit to give you some some right. of the good stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he does have it there's no doubt he has the good stuff yeah huh. i remember that i was yeah. at a
5: stand at the bloom fair and they they had the setup like that where it was like blueberry orange it's like, oh. there must have been a dozen different
3: kinds of honey there maybe more Hmm. That's, i always seen, we used to go into this restaurant um, at one of the shops we worked at, and at the register, they'd always have these little straws, and it was like honey straws, and they had the orange, cherry, apple, and they were like a little bit different color,
2: each one of them. And it was like... Some of them, they put a flavor to Yeah, Those straws uh-huh. uh, right. have a little additive. Yeah, <laughs> Like the grape one is actually purple. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen purple grape honey <laughs> bottled from the <laughs> <me> yet. <laughs>
5: That's, yeah, that's wild. I I never. I mean, you guys always talk about hauling the bees and hauling the honey, and I I never realized that it was that in depth hauling them around to pollinate different yeah. different crops. I'd known you for almost twenty years, and I
3: didn't. <laughs> I've always You're like a dummy. It's like an
0: industry in and of itself. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing some of the
3: things that go on out there in this world. And we just don't know about it. It's. I've always heard the. It's been like a war on bees or your honeybees, and they're starting to die off, and you shouldn't kill them and that kind of stuff. But I've never heard that much of why
2: oh if we didn't have bees to pollinate we wouldn't survive very long yeah because everything would just
1: monoculture has destroyed natural pollinators (laughs) that's why you need the bees well
2: that and the the, a lot of places like almonds or blueberries you got a month to pollinate and and you got to have them and there's not enough natural with all the acres in a little your garden yeah, you'd be fine with your what you have for no, your natural pollinators, but when you're doing it in that scale, hmm. I mean, they, it's just amazing. You go to California and just see most of what you see along Interstate Five or ninety-nine are almonds. Hmm. I mean, I'll just go in, clear off the desert, irrigate it, plant almonds.
3: Wow, <laughs> that's that's like you get down towards um. Gettysburg in that general area and they apples. have all the apple trees and stuff. Are they bringing in bees for them yep, too? Yep. Wow. Some of the
2: some of the bees that we bring back from Georgia go to that area for apples. Huh. I actually have a, a beekeeper down there, I haul for that that's what he does is apples. Wow. Hmm.
5: Do you have any concept as to how many are on a truck? How many bees?
2: Millions. Yeah. You're <laughs> wow. you're probably, you're probably And don't hold me to that. See, they're probably talking 20 to 40,000 bees to a colony, one hive. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they're constantly producing. The bee life's only, what, 45 days or something? Oh. Poor thing. (laughs) Works itself to death. Yeah, right. (laughs) So if you take that just on an average, say 20 to 40,000 per hive on 400 hives. Okay. Now, what makes a honey
3: bee produce a better honey than like a yellow jacket or a bumblebee? Because I mean, a yellow jacket would produce—they don't make honey. They don't.
2: No. Hmm.
3: So they're just growing their eggs in the nest. They're not making any honey or.
4: Hmm.
2: Never knew that. Yep. Are they still pollinating then? They yeah bees all bees will pollinate, okay. but they they don't make honey. Yep. Don't get too I I, I can't explain too much in depth on that <laughs> I, I just knew to make honey you need a honeybee yeah. okay. huh.
5: started so off this a... podcast as a truck driver and now you're
2: at
3: there's a nest of yellow jackets in behind the siding right now and uh, i was hoping i wasn't killing them Killing
2: all the honey? No, no, no. You don't have to worry about yellow jackets and honey. All right,
3: kill those bastards.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those ones, yeah, I would help you eliminate them. Uh... We had one. We had a bee. We had it was a ground wasp or something, and it was by the house. And I left it go and left it go, and it finally got to the point that yeah, I better put on my bee suit and get rid of these guys. Oh, yeah. Because you put that on, you just go do your deal, and they're trying to. That don't matter. Hmm.
0: Huh. You have your own bee suit,
2: oh yeah, yeah, huh. for sure, they make right. different styles of them, and after all these years, I think I finally found a good one <laughs> so, you,
0: so you wear do you wear that when they're unloading and and all, all the time, and
2: yeah, when you're loading or unloading, you'll oh okay and and a honeybee's more aggressive, i like you put four hundred some highs in a little area. They they get more aggressive because there's nothing for them really to do. There's so many of them. And then to move them, load and unload them, then they're more aggressive. But if you have them out by your house, n- n- most normally you can walk right to them and, and not, they won't even know you're there. They don't even care. Hmm. So we have some down behind the house and they'll come up in the yard and they couldn't care less that you're out there. Because hmm. hmm. they got... They're focused. They, they're out there to make that honey. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: got a job to do. <laughs> make, the, make the queen happy, right? Right. <laughs> Does the queen live longer or she's still 45 days?
2: No, the queen will live longer. She'll live until the hive decides that she's uh, not worth their time per se. She's wore out. So then in a natural hive, they'll actually produce their own queen. So they'll pick one and nurture it and turn it into their queen. But in the industrial side of it, they'll a beekeeper will put a new queen in. Oh yeah? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Or they'll put in a cell which is a mated I think it's I don't understand all that anyhow, but they'll put a they call it a cell and then it'll hatch and then that's it's it's a stronger honey it's it's a stronger bee per se I guess yeah. mm-hmm. so the, the the hive will claim it and nurture it and and if when they put going back to when they put a queen in, the queen will actually be in a piece of candy and if the hive accepts her, they'll eat the candy and let her out hmm. yep they'll eat oh, wow. it and then let her out of the that little it's a little square. <laughs> it looks like a like a a one by one piece of wood like two and a half inches long and it's hollowed out and the queen's in there and if the hive will accept her they'll eat the candy and let her out. If they don't they'll ignore her. She'll die. Mm -hmm. They won't ignore her. They'll try
1: and actively kill her. Yep. They'll ball up they'll ball up around it. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) Jeez. Nature.
2: (laughs) And the poor drone bee he mates one time, and he's dead. That's the only job he has. Once he mates, he's done. He's, he's out of here. So he, I would hope he was selective. <laughs>
0: yeah, really. Hope it was worth it. <laughs> he's like a Catholic. He mates one time, yeah, and he yeah, dies.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, this, and the thing is, the queen will mate with a bunch of drones all at one time, and that's it. One time they mate, and but it's a whole bunch of drones. Like, yeah. Poor guy went second or third or fifth.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh man, that's crazy. That's nature. That is. That is. That's pretty. That's pretty wild. So, so you're you're working with a beehive guy or a bee farmer when you go to California at that almond farm.
2: Yeah, what usually happens is like back home here you'll work with the beekeeper and he'll actually lease his bees to another beekeeper. Hmm. Just like those guys out there'll lease them back to this guy for whatever he needs them for. So it's it's back and forth. Hmm. So the guy here doesn't go with me to unload them or put them out. The guy out there does that. Likewise, he does, the guy in California doesn't come back east to to take care of the bees back here. Okay. And then they'll put them out and load them and unload them. So I'm actually dealing with on one load two different beekeepers.
3: Okay. Hmm. And the one now, guy, the one guy owns them. The other guy's leasing them. Right. Now, if they were to kind of get mixed together, would that be a big deal? Like if the bees would come out and go into other hives, or are they pretty much they that? know their
2: hive. Yeah. The... Even and that's the that's that's you put 432 hives, stack them on a trailer, full trailer load of hives, front to back, top to bottom. And when you unload them, they know where to go. Yeah. And that, usually it's a big cloud of bees because they're all <laughs> mad and you penned them up and now they want to go to
1: <laughs> it's, it's very scary when you're sitting in the truck and you just hear the buzz. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I don't have a B suit, so I'm sitting in the passenger seat, just hoping the window's sealed. <laughs>
0: yeah. Imagine when you pull into a truck stop to go get a sandwich, and the people you can hear them buzzing in under that.
2: <laughs> net, right? Yeah, well, during the day you do that, and they'll they'll always find a hole to get out. So then you start getting getting them flying around. So you don't stick around too long during the day. But even at night, when they're they go dormant, like we do sleep. You still hear them buzz them. I mean, it's just you don't have to be right beside them, and you can still hear them. <laughs>
0: <Eesh>. <laughs> and drive people crazy. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, you can. Like, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, do you haul anything else, or you're just doing the honey now these days?
2: Right now, I'm just basically doing the honey and and bees. Probably another. Well, this is a end of September. The guy in the guy down around Gettysburg, he'll he'll go to Georgia end of August. So I'll probably haul a few loads down end of August or August. October. We've already been through August. Yeah. Get to October, <laughs> I'll haul a few loads down for him and then come back and haul honey for the honey company. Hmm. So you, just to, just we, to break it up so I'm not doing the same thing monotonous all the time.
0: So then you take the bees down to Florida, you'll, you'll get another load to get yourself back yeah, here.
2: If there is anything. Oh yeah. If the mm-hmm. freight's moving. Yeah. Or yeah. if you have something in Florida, I can bring back for you on my stuff. Step- <laughs> yeah, well, keep that in mind. Cause yeah. when I, when I haul, when I haul honey, it's in a van trailer. Hauling bees is on a flatbed. Right. right. Open
5: trailer. Right. They need the air. Yep. Hmm. A couple of weeks ago, we bought a, a dovetail machine, um, and it was in, in the Dakotas somewhere and, uh. That's like right by where you're heading, and Dean and I were brainstorming how to get the thing out of there. I'm like, well, why don't you call your dad? He says, no, I don't think that'll be that easy with a, a truckload of
1: barrels.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> then comes find out he just got home that night, so. Yeah, right. Wasn't <laughs> out he out. wasn't even up there anymore.
2: <laughs> Did you get it out? Yeah. Yeah, it's here. Right,
1: That's sitting out in the warehouse now. <laughs> so
0: you like calling bees better than machinery? Uh,
2: I, I could do either. It Whatever. Whatever's on the back of drive. Yeah. Driving, yeah. Right? The bees have their own challenge. Hauling machinery has its own challenge. Yeah especially when you'd send me out to a spot when you say, oh yeah, it all fit in a trailer and you look at it like, well, I guess this is a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> Usually is a jigsaw puzzle, right? Yeah, most generally we got it got it all on, but Tetris. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, you and Spike are about the best ones I've ever seen play Tetris with, yeah. with machinery. Yeah.
2: I've unloaded a time or two just to make it's like, yeah, this will work, this will work. Uh, get it on, no, that ain't, so we gotta change it around. <laughs> <laughs> it, depending on the rigor. it's okay. Others, yeah, they through a fit,
3: but. yeah,
0: it's on there and ain't coming back off, right?
2: Yeah, that's why it's always nice if you went out and did the whole job. And because a lot of times when you do the whole job as you're taking it apart, you're kind of putting it together, you're seeing what you're taking apart, and then you set it up when you're taking apart somewhere else and put it together. Like, yeah, this ain't gonna work, so you move it around, and then till you go to put it on the truck, you usually have it figured out. Mm-hmm.
0: You remember that one down? At, where were we at? You and Spike were rigging and trucking for me. Was that West Virginia? There was a forklift. They left us use their forklift on site, and it didn't have any brakes.
2: <laughs> which one? Which time? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just remember you and Spike there, and it was uh, you guys were getting pissed at each other because uh, like the forklift wouldn't stop, and it was rolling downhill and. And I finally said, "I'll see you guys later." <laughs> I, was, I was afraid they were beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah,
2: that, we've had a few interesting times of that. that. Yeah, that was when Rich and I almost did that out in Ohio when we were taking that roller stuff that went to to a gas city. That oh conveyor. Yeah, yeah. We we got into it one day down there. Them guys are all looking at us. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they, you guys are gonna kill each other. You, and it wasn't you could. It wasn't that you could not know or hear because, yeah, we had guys way over yonder walking by and just, and we're still going at it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of them things where we both got so frustrated—not per se at each other, but just what we were the the the, the job, job. Yeah, yeah. So We just took it out at each other. and at the end of the day we went and had dinner and it was all good but because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't it, it wasn't really towards each other as much as we just had to vent yeah
0: that's what it was down there because uh, was,
2: was that the one where we brought the uh, Mitsubishi home yeah yeah the old taylor yeah oh that was a challenge just getting that one running <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah we had a hard time getting it running and the brakes didn't work
2: and then we had to load the Mitsubishi with it
0: it was on the slope too, if I
2: remember. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I remember you, that. You one.
5: You loaded the Mitsubishi with a fork truck that didn't have brakes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Mitsubishi's still here. What what is that, Dino? It's like an eight thousand pound lift. Maybe eight,
1: th- eight or nine. Yeah, yeah it was oh, one. Of, wow. It was a big Taylor, a
0: thirty thousand yard
5: lift.
1: I yeah, know. yeah. Okay. We, we
2: used the t- we used the Mitsubishi to load most of the smaller stuff, and then when we had to use that big Taylor, we did. But that was, I think, I was propane too. I can tell you. And we couldn't get it started at first, so they were mechanicing on it to get the thing started. <laughs> oh. And that was frustrating. And then you had no brakes on a tailor. Yeah. Very so there you are with a 30,000-pound yeah. machine with yeah. no brakes on, it trying was, to load trailer. It was around.
0: on a slope, so they were trying to hold it with the clutch. And yeah. They each had their own way that they wanted to do it, so then I was <laughs> kind of caught in the middle. And I had no input, so I was like, all right, I'm going to go write specs for a while, and then I just <laughs> finally <the> left. <laughs> I hope we have a truck driver when we get back. It it all got out of there. That's all that really matters. He got it out. So we went home.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that one was an interesting one.
0: It was a big, long, narrow building, if I remember right.
2: Was it West Virginia? No, it was Virginia. It was down exit 126 off of 95. Holy shit. (laughs) You get off there. Are you you serious? Are you making this up? No, I'm serious. You get down there about three or four red lights and turn left. And then that took you back over ninety five, and you went down to the four way stop a few mile down and turned right and went down through town and it was on the left. Good God! God uh, damn!
0: <laughs> if you're serious, I can't believe you can remember that. Uh huh. Had to be twenty. Well, not how long ago was that? It was right after we moved in here, uh-huh. probably.
2: And that was Ryan, not Spike.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. It was Ryan. Yep. Okay. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I do remember Ryan now. Yep. I forgot about him.
3: Somebody's going to go looking for that place. Yeah, he was full of shit. This, there's nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> it might be leveled now.
0: It might not <laughs> be there now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't much of a place.
2: <laughs> no, it wasn't. So, yeah, you're right. It could be leveled, but that's where it was at. You had to oh, go. Oh, wow.
3: Huh. That's, that's crazy.
1: crazy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's Machine of the Week. This week, we have stock number 52139. This is an Oliver Model 2072 30-inch wide double-sided planer. This machine has been completely refurbished by our full-service shop, including a new motor, cutter head bearings, new and updated electrics, and a fresh paint job. This machine also features Oliver's itch carbide insert spiral planer heads. If you're interested in this machine, you can contact us at 570-584-2002 or email us at sales at rtmachine.com now let's get back to the show
3: les we've had people before ask about having guests on being able to share how they got their business up and going and doing your own trucking and stuff would you be able to share how you bought your own truck and how you kind of got into the industry
2: well that was i bought my first truck in 98 but
3: uh, you were trucking for somebody else at that point, I assume? Or?
2: Well, yeah, I actually, there was a guy at Mentorsville I drove for when I was young. I, I started working in a shop at 16, washing trucks, helping the mechanics, whatever. And then when I got turned 18, he helped me get my license. And so then summers, I'd actually run short stuff for him, local here in PA. And then I graduated from Penn College in, when I was what, 20, I was 90. I graduated in 90. I was 92. So I did that till 94, 96 when he retired, sold out. Then I went down and worked for John Deere at, down here at Watsontown for a year and a half. And at that point, it was like, I just couldn't, yeah, just you working. For, you weren't a factory man? I, I wasn't a factory man. And it just, I, I knew it wasn't going to work. I had to do my own thing. Hmm. So I talked to my wife and, uh let me buy my first truck and i did that was in april of 98 and i leased on to mercer transportation out of louisville pulling step deck and it, it was it was an option to get started yep and that's so then from that point till 2000 i had a friend here in turbotville wanted a truck not he don't want to own his own truck but he wanted a a dedicated truck so we worked out a deal and that's where transport resource come in between the two of us in in 2000 so i worked for him till he went out of business in 04 but till then i i started buying trucks because i had another friend the hackenbergs Say, got me into hauling honey down to dutch gold because the other the stuff at turbotville was more seasonal okay so then i started doing that in the off season it's like well then i built a relationship with them and then Oh three I bought the truck I'm still driving. Oh four I bought the one was the blue one. And that's I hired Avery. He was the first guy I hired. We'll just leave it at that. And then (laughs) and then that was in April of O four I bought that one. And then oh December of O four I bought the red one. And then I hired another guy. Because at that point I still had the stuff at Turbotville. Now I had hauling stuff for for Dutch Gold, and then now I'm hauling honeybees. Starting to haul honeybees, and it just started to expand. So then in '05, 05, '05, 05, that's when I bought the green truck. Mm-hmm. And you're still a baby at this point, right, Dean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, five, <laughs> yeah, you were five
0: and
3: '05.
2: Oh, yep. Yeah. So there, there we were. That. So your it, business was
3: going good in 05, you're up to four trucks.
2: Oh, it, it was, I, and everything was, and then somewhere, I don't even remember when, you've moved. Six. Six, so then I got involved here f- from, well, Keystone Paving did your driveway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, you got my, your my name off of them, and then. There was another friend that somehow was involved somehow, and that's how we got my name got put out there. And then we started hauling out of here, and it was going really good. I mean, four trucks, I had decent drivers, and then we had oh eight, nine, and ten when everything went yeah ridiculously you know. backwards. And I mean, we all felt that one. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you were in business for yourself, you felt that one hard. Yeah, and for sure. Then in, in 2011, 2010, I sold. I, by then, I had Spike working for me, and he was starting to. He was fine. It was where Rich was working for me. He was driving a red truck. Rich, he was getting antsy and he wanted to buy his own truck, and things weren't quite going the way it should have been for me in the business, which is. And by that time, I already decided I was done babysitting. <laughs> so I'm done. Trucks and trucks are easy. Freight's easy. I'm done babysitting grown men. So I sold the red one to Rich. It was either late 2009 or 2010, and then Spike. When I sold the blue one, or the red one, then Spike wanted to buy the blue one. Okay, easy enough. And then 2011, I sold the green one, and then. I went back to just being me, mm-hmm. so that's how I got started in it, but through all that even even through eight, nine, and ten when when things started getting tough, I still had good business relationships with all the, all my customers that I was working with, and I don't know I'd have to sit down and really think hard if there's any of them that I couldn't sit down and talk to or go back to work for, yeah, maybe not Ron I. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Too hard on you. Jigsaw <laughs> puzzles. Yeah,
2: there you, there you go. go.
0: Yeah, those I can't change. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but no, it was that's where we were at, and every and when I had my drivers, all the stuff I did like RT Dutch Gold, hauling the honeybees. By that time, the Turbotville stuff that drifted off because he sold out. But meanwhile, I picked up a, a company in in uh, Reading, Tmac. They sold fertilizers and whatnot. Did a lot for them, and and I still can. But I did anything that I had, and and I made it a point that I would go and show up at all of them. So yeah, I'd have to send my drivers at times to yeah. haul stuff for RT or, or Dutch Go. But I would always try to make it a point that some point, not six months at a time, but I would. I usually did what every what was left over to have to go out and be moved. If if my guys wanted if RT was the last thing that had to be was scheduled to do for that week and nobody wanted to do it, well then I went and did <laughs> it. <which he did. laughs> if if it was the Dutch gold stuff cuz some of that they didn't want to do either. Yep. Okay, I go do that. It's fine, whatever. Cuz all of it in the end for the most part was good work. Yep. It all paid. It all paid, and it was all good work because I w- I dealt directly with, yep. with the customer, and I didn't go through a broker, and and that made a big difference. Yeah. So that's how I got started, and I just wasn't going to work for somebody.
3: Yeah, that's very cool, cool story.
0: Yeah, it is. I didn't I didn't know much. You know, we never talked about that kind of stuff about how you got started, and I, we we do that with most people that come on because you don't know their history, you don't know what started their. Desire to be in business for themselves. So. Common theme, though. I don't. Yeah. I decided I didn't want a boss. Yeah.
4: yeah <laughs> well,
2: true. right. And and I said that I didn't want to work. But y'all, still, everybody works for somebody. Yeah. Sure.
4: Yeah, sure. Yeah, tend to but day. it's
2: not like punching the clock because I commented coming in the front door, all oh, punching in at this time. Well, yeah, that ain't gonna work for me. I'm showing up when I want to, <laughs> and then I'm gonna leave when I want to. That's either when the job's done or. We figure we're at the point we gotta wait and finish it tomorrow.
5: And what was it, Dino? Twenty eighteen that he sauntered you in here, and yeah, we've already kind of told which, that story.
2: Which, which comes back to where he was at asking how I got started, which leads to that. I always had that working relationship, yeah. or or a little better with everybody, and I could have taken him. He was 18, and he didn't know what he was going to do. He graduated high school, and it's like.
1: Well, the boys down at TMAG, they
2: offered yeah. me a
1: job before I was even out of high school.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, he was offered <laughs> jobs. That's a two-hour drive to... Yeah, down to Redding. <laughs> like, yeah, he ain't doing
4: that. <laughs> but, but, but
2: he could have even went to Dutch Gold. They would have hired him. Yep. But that's another two-hour drive. He was like, well, we'll go up because I knew I knew working with Ron and Eric. I didn't know Eric at well, really, at the time. Because Probably not, yeah. Yep. Just because of the age and, right. and time, as and like you know, I don't know how he's going to work out, but I know he isn't going to flub up my my name per se. You know, he's going to do a good job, and or it's, he's going to do a good job. Or you're going gonna
0: gonna to beat, beat the hell out of him, right? Yeah, pretty much.
2: <laughs> 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 We we'd have a strong conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was like 2018, whatever. Yeah, that's when you graduated.
1: June, so it was right yeah, after. Yeah, so
2: it was right after that. Come up here one day. I, I mean, because I know Joe and and Mike and yep. Dusty and all that. And I come up and thought, well, we'll just we're just going to take a ride. Maybe Ron needs somebody, whatever. Ron's not here, huh? <laughs> Got to deal with Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well. I don't really know him, but I'm sure him and his dad talk, so. And before we even walked out the door, he told him to show up on Monday. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like, well, I guess you don't have to talk to your dad, then. I, maybe you were the guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he just told me. I don't even know if he ever told me. I mean, he just was here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, there's this in. kid here. Yeah. Who's this? Who's that guy? <laughs>
2: I think it's worked out. <laughs> seems like it. <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> he shows
0: up every day. Yeah, he does good work for us. Very good. It's uh, we're, we really appreciate it. Uh, you really trained him well. You raised yourself well. A good son. Well,
2: I I did the best I could till he graduated. Now you guys are training him from that from here on. You know, from 18 on. Yeah. yeah. He's doing. He seems to do okay.
0: Oh, well, he's picking it up. Picking up. Well, he, you know, worked in the warehouse as you know. Yep. Yep. For I don't know how many years you're out there. He started here in 18. It was just the beginning of this year we brought him in, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, back in December at the Christmas party, I guess, is when I talked to you about it. and said we wanted to move him up to the office and start working with Eric and and myself, and uh, he's doing a great job. Good. Yeah. yeah.
5: Like a lot of folks in the building, he did a lot of different things around here. Yeah, oh, yeah. Warehouse, forklift operator. Rigging. Rigging jobs <laughs> on the road. Yep. Oh, yeah. The crap guy, you know.
0: That's a
1: Even typical some small wrench company. turn in there for a little bit.
0: Yeah. 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 Typical small company. You know, something's got to be done. Somebody's got to do it.
2: Right. Right. And it's always good to to uh, move people up that already know what your company is.
3: That's right. That's one of the best ways to learn. That's you got to do everything or you don't know what someone else is going through. Yeah.
2: Because, yeah, I know you will come home come home and start talking about this machine and that machine. It's like, yeah, I remember what they are, but I don't remember what they are. (laughs) Because as you're working and loading them whatnot, you start learning, okay, double antenna, this and that. And Now he's talking about edge bander, and he's talking about it. He's like, well, I got to stop and think about what he's talking about.
0: (laughs) And now he actually knows what they do. Yeah. This is a funky
5: business. You learn in the reverse. You learn what the machine is long before you ever learn what it actually does. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. Especially the way he came about it with being on the warehouse. Yeah. I knew what they were, but just didn't know what they did.
1: I knew what they were called, and I knew how to pick them up. Uh, yeah. yeah. And sometimes I don't even know that. Th- but thankfully, the it?
0: machines in
5: this industry are pretty, you know, a lot of times their names are self-descriptive. It's almost like the stuff in a kitchen or, or yeah, like a refrigerator. It refrigerates stuff. Toaster. <laughs> toast stuff. It's like,
3: Dean, go pick up that Marine Johnson, 424. Oh, damn. What color is it? <laughs> yeah. White and red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
0: So, you, you work on your trucks, too, yourself, don't you?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: you got to be a truck driver and a mechanic.
2: Well, the only reason I'm... Well, I went to college for diesel up at... Oh, did at, you? In college. Okay. That's what I actually went for. And that was only a step to get me by some time so I could drive. Yeah. Okay. But it was well worth it. Yeah. And even even when I had all my own trucks, I did 95% of my maintenance. hmm and, and that's got to be a
3: huge expense
2: to to get done outside. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking shops rate right today, like one hundred and eighty two dollars an hour. Wow. So that, that's that's crazy. And, and what got me to do that was I took a truck out to cat. I'm not I'm going to, I guess, beat them down a little bit here, but not really. They did. They did. Get a, they did a good job. Okay. But I took, took my the truck I personally drive out and had some work done to it. And went and picked it up, brought it home. Well, then I spent the next two, three, four hours rerouting all the hoses and wires back the way I had them and wanted them. And I'm out there doing this one evening, and my wife comes out and says, What are you doing? You just got this back from the shop. Why are you working on it? Well, because they didn't put this here and that there and this this way. Says, Well, the next time, just do it yourself. That way, when you're done, you're done. So if you're going to spend two, three hours, whatever... Just putting it back, you could have done the whole job. Yeah. Said, "Yep, you're right." Mm-hmm. So at that point, I proceeded to do. Yeah. Mo- uh, and that, and again, it saved you time, saved you money. You knew it was done the way you wanted it done. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And when you're going up and down the highway with eighty thousand pound. Kind of want to know if it was done right or wrong.
3: Yeah, that would be pretty important.
2: Yes. <laughs> so that's where I I started to do most of all my own maintenance, and now it's just I just do it because. Yeah. Well, well I make him help too. Being
3: your <laughs> yourself right now, I mean, whether the shop's in the garage or whether it's in your personal garage, that's it's still not on the road. It's still not running, so it's not really costing you money to. For you to do it yourself or for you to send it to a shop?
2: Well, yeah, right. If if I, when I, five years ago, was it? Four and a half, five? 2017. That's when we rebuilt it? Yeah. Well, I rebuilt, yeah, 2017. So uh, that's six years ago. I rebuilt my engine, inframed framed it, took a week off, did it myself. Because it was going to take the shop a week anyhow to do it. Yeah. And so we tore it down. I got home on a Friday. Is that Friday? I got home. Tore it down. It was all part Saturday. Yeah, hey,
1: I skipped school. Go do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that.
2: Yeah, we tore it all part Friday. It was all part Saturday. We cleaned everything back up. Everything that needed clean that we weren't putting back in the engine. And then I had to wait because there's certain parts that I'll pay Cat to do, just because they do it every day. They know what they're looking for. They're they, they know the precision.
1: They got the tools.
2: Right. So I had them, and they couldn't come out till that Thursday. So he come out Thursday, cut the counter bores and set the protrusion of the liners. That's all technical. Yeah. And this,
1: this was during harvest. So you were, yeah, are, So this,
2: I was actually, I was actually running, I was doing this and then I was helping another guy with his heart cause he has grain bins and whatnot and does commercial grain. So I was helping him in the process of that while I was off. We set to head Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon. How did that work? That was, third. It, it was Friday, Friday it by was, lunchtime. I had it running. I was going
1: to say, it was, wow. it was Friday morning. Uh-huh. I worked
2: all night putting <laughs> this thing back together.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. mm.
2: Wow. Because we had tables laid out, so everything we took apart, we laid on a table just the way it come apart. So then you start putting it back together. It's like, yeah, I can get this done. Oh, wow, I might as well do this then. Well, the next thing you know, it's two, three, four in the morning. It's like, well, I might as well just keep going now. (laughs) We're going to finish tonight. Might as well get it done. Right. So, and uh, evidently we did okay because at this point, (laughs) it's still running. It's what, six years and 800,000 mile on it since it was rebuilt. So we did okay. 800,000. The engine itself has 3 million on it total. Wow. The the crank and the block.
4: Hmm.
0: Huh. Wow, it's a lot Key of miles. miles. <laughs> Do you buy it new?
2: No, I bought it used in 03. It was it's a 2000. I bought it used in 03 with 280,000 on. So most of those are your miles. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of know it from the top to bottom. I would guess so. Now.
0: I would guess so. That's awesome. Did you
5: haul any other loads or do any other jobs for that uh, that Gas City project? We probably never talked about that on here, no. but that's that's kind of the thing that got us through the, the, the recession, recession, really. Yeah.
2: yeah, and then that fell apart, didn't it? It, it yeah. did.
5: Yeah, they didn't yeah. last very long, unfortunately. But,
2: yeah, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, because that would have been. You're right, because that was. I talked about Rich. That's where Rich and I were at in Ohio, to that, and that's where that stuff went. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember one machine picked up out in. Altoona, it was wide, and I took one, I went and rigged it, took Terry Took Terry with me, we rigged it out, got it on the trailer, I made it back to Lamar, might come out and got Terry because it was dark, brought it in here the next morning, unloaded it, took it to Gas City, hauled it back from Gas City, and then <laughs> took it back again. Well, I not have to really think about which one <laughs> out. I don't remember that. Out of Altoona. Wise. Uh-huh. Somewhere out around Altoona. <laughs> I don't know. No, that one uh, I can't it. tell you how to get to. <laughs> 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 I can picture the place. It was more of a sawmill. It's just, they, they had logs there, and they had sawmill equipment. And then they had, evidently, whatever they made there, cabinets or whatever, they had kilns there. But it was a wide machine. It was silver.
1: <laughs> really narrowing it down. Yeah. Yeah. It, was about, it was like
2: 10 and a half feet wide.
5: <laughs> well, it's life you just described. We really should know what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, you That's
0: should funny. know. I should know. There were so many machines at Gas City, though.
2: But we yeah. hauled it. He wanted it. So we hauled it out, got it there. Nope, don't want it. Okay. Went out a week later and picked it up, brought it back. A week or so later, it went back again and i if if you went in their back door, the big overhead it sat there on the right
0: that's near where the that's near where the Paul saw was mm. Yeah, <laughs> we could pull up the drawing after this yeah <laughs> i could probably pull up the list of all the stuff i sold the guy and figured out
2: but so i hold quite a bit in there actually even from here yeah, yeah.
0: oh yeah yeah we but i that remember
2: one. that one because i went and got it brought it here took it there brought it back and then took it again it's like yeah well i guess as long as the guy's was, paying it the it bill it i'll, I'll hold sounds like meneer
3: yeah, yeah. So
5: there was a furniture company that um the guy was an importer and then decided he wanted to manufacture here in the U.S., right? He, he, yeah, he had a manufacturing plant many, many years ago.
0: He had one in New Jersey that we actually liquidated for him. And he always, I forget what year that was, but he always told me that he would reshore eventually. And he was important from uh, Vietnam, Malaysia, I'm not sure. And he said, someday I'll be back. And he did. He called and said, okay, I want to go back. And, uh, but he didn't want to do it in New Jersey.
2: Understandable. Yeah, so
0: we looked. Uh, I would. He had his own plane, so he'd fly. Sometimes he'd fly into Harrisburg, pick me up, and then we would fly to different locations looking at factories. and And sometimes I'd have to drive to New Jersey, especially when he got the jet. He ended up getting a jet, so I'd have to drive to New Jersey, get on the private jet, and then we'd fly out. And uh, he chose Gas City, and uh, we we put everything in there from the dust collectors to the every single machine. So he, um, I don't know, just he he hired management that uh, he was, he was an absentee manager. He, he was, he was a salesman. He was a, he he was a designer. He was excellent at designing cribs and baby furniture. He's, he's, Hmm. he does a great job. And um, so he hired people to run the plant, but it just didn't work out. So we actually did very well at the auction because the way they ran the auction was pathetic. So we, we ended up buying, damn, how many truckloads did we get out of there? That's a really good question. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. That was a lot. But that was all because of the, the mayor of Gas City chose the auctioneer because he's the one that put up the most amount of money. And uh, he picked the wrong one. Yep, they had a rough, rough
5: couple. I don't think it was a one-day sale either. I think it was multiple days, was it not?
0: I don't know about multiple days. There was two rings, remember? Because yeah. there was one. They had a warehouse across the street, I guess. But no, I. Yeah, another, I guess I guess you're right. Yeah, there was another building with the with all the inventory, and I'd, I I had thought about at one point maybe sending him over there to see, and then I never did. And he, he was selling cribs for like fifty bucks, and these things would retail for thousands. And if I'd have been smarter, I'd have sent Eric over and bought every damn crib <laughs> right, and, then and put, put them it on, on eBay. E- yeah, exactly. We would have been
3: in the crib business. <laughs> we would have been in the crib <laughs> business. We might still be in the crib business.
0: <laughs> but we, uh, he was with me, and we were working with another dealer. And uh, there was a CNC router there that uh, I, I'd i never thought in a million years I'd be buying. It. I sold the guy. I think I sold it to him for probably $380,000. New. Brand new. And I think I bought it that day for forty
2: grand. Wow.
0: Yeah. But sometimes you almost faint because you pay too much. I almost fainted because I didn't, I was like, I can't believe.
2: <laughs> nobody else wanted it. Yeah, we're
0: buying it. That, well, it was, there was nobody there. I mean, there was people there, but nobody. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we we didn't make a lot of money through the process of setting that plan up because he knew
2: what things it were. was a
0: recession and and you know so but we were grateful because we were moving inventory out of here we might not be making much money but we were putting dollars in the bank to pay our people
5: yeah we never, us, never, had to, never had to lay anybody off even we, through yeah, the rough times
4: we
0: never laid anybody off and and he paid us and uh, so that for, we were very thankful for the whole thing it was a shame that it fell apart but then we were more thankful when it came time <laughs> <to call us. laughs>
5: yeah, we how many how many Madison Ripsaws came through here and
0: went into that place well, no, the ones that stuck there were probably four. Mm. But I think there were some others that didn't stay or something. Yeah, well, there there were some that
5: we had to rebuild because they... <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, they they messed them up, and we had to bring them back and fix them. He just didn't... Like I said, he didn't hire the right people. I brought him the right guy, and he didn't. That's one of those situations where the guy that I brought him was... was he was a woodworker. He came in in his blue jeans, on his Harley... And the guy he hired came in there with a the tie on, pressed out his shirt and everything, and he hired the guy that looked good.
2: That doesn't always work. Yeah.
3: Looked the part. Yeah. Well, not even really, I guess.
2: Well, then it's a good thing this isn't televised. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be hired today. <laughs>
3: He'd be hired
0: by us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would have, uh, I recommended that he hired the other guy, but he, he made his own decision. So, And I'm not saying that's all the reason why he went out of business. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but it was a shame because we put a lot of work into the place. Yeah, But it was good for us, all in all. <laughs> so.
5: Yeah, I was still in college when
0: we flew out for the grand opening. Yeah. Yeah, the governor was there. Was was that? It wasn't Pence though at that point. No. Yeah, the governor of Indiana was there, and uh, they had the the big opening and big TV crews and all that stuff. Right. There, and we were invited to that, but uh, we just kind of stood there and watched and drove home. <laughs> 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 we we drove out. I and think he, we drove, yeah, he yeah. didn't fly yeah, us yeah, out for home. that. But most of the time when I went out there with him, we would fly out. <laughs> and and one time he. He was buying a lot of stuff at auction, too, but always at my advice, and he would always pay me. And there was an auction sale in um, Utah, and he was having a show in Vegas. So he was at the show, and he wanted me to come to Vegas to then go to the auction with him. So I flew out to Vegas commercial, stayed in Trump uh, Trump's casino. Well, he wasn't a casino. He doesn't have a casino. I stayed in his hotel just just for the hell of it. And um, it's off the strip. And then I met him for dinner. He had big display at, what was that, uh, what the hell's that steakhouse? Not Morton's. It's another one. But anyways, Bruce. really, not Ruth's. Uh, but there's another f- uh, very famous steakhouse. It was, I can't imagine the bill. I mean, it was a huge table, all these people. He pulled up in a limo. It was uh, a Hummer limo. And, I mean, he this guy liked to show off. He had money then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, I go to the show, and then the next day, the, we were, we we're supposed to be wheels up at I think wheels up was like ten o'clock to go up to Utah, and I got a call from the pilot. It says wheels up now is at nine o'clock. Like okay, so I go to the airport, and the pilot I knew the pilot, and he said we're taking a customer with us. I'm, well, why in the hell are we taking a crib customer or whatever furniture customer to this auction? Well, it wasn't that. We were we took off from Vegas Airport. We flew out around the Grand Canyon, came back and landed. That's all he was doing is he was giving the customer a ride in his airplane <laughs> to go see the Grand Canyon. I don't know, I can't imagine what that cost, but we did it. <laughs> wow. So so the, the owner was a pilot too and but he wasn't he wasn't qualified, he wasn't licensed to fly the jet okay. by himself. Mm-hmm. So anytime His name was Maneer. And anytime Maneer was uh, flying, I knew it because you'd sit back, we'd sit at the end of the runway, he had the foot on the brake, and he would full charge the engines, and we would just boom down the runway and take off. But when the pilots were flying, like when the customer was in there, you know, we'd ramp up speed and take off. But when Maneer was on, man, we'd just boom. (laughs) So so we fly up to Utah, and I, I booked rooms at this resort. And uh, he loved the place. He I love this place. The pilots were staying at a Hampton Inn. We were staying at the resort. (laughs) (laughs) He calls the pilot. Well, we had to go down to the front desk, and he had to get a bigger room because he wanted to bring his family up. His wife and daughters and one of their friends were at, at at the Bellagio, and he wanted them to come see this resort. So the pilots had to get the plane, fly down to Vegas, pick up the family, and bring them back. And then he, he put the seed with them. And then the next day we went to the auction and he just bought the hell out of the place. He, we sat in the back and he'd look at me and I'd say, okay, go ahead. And we bid and bid. And uh, <laughs> he bought a Ryman rip system there with the whole feed, The whole works really nice. And uh, I arranged to get everything out and get it back to Indiana. So one time we went out to Indiana for another meeting. Walk in and everybody in the place was just like on edge. And here they dropped the rips off. They were bringing it off the truck and went right to the ground. Ooh. And Muneer was free. He was first, at First, I'll give him credit. At first was, is anybody hurt? And he bitched about how they didn't, you know, they should have been more careful, blah, blah, blah. And then he was, now he was upset about his machine because nobody was hurt. I looked at him and said, you have insurance, don't you? <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> 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 so we got to sell him another rip saw. <laughs>
5: Anyway. That that thing came back here, the dropped and I I don't even remember what the heck we did with it.
0: We took the parts off of it. The the frame was twisted. It it really was. uh, We sent in somebody to check it. Maybe it might have been Derek. I don't know. Mm, But doubt it. No, not done at that point. It's probably, uh, who's
5: your buddy that's a whining tech? It's probably him. Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: Oh, no, it wasn't him. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, we sent somebody in and they proved that the frame was actually twisted and, and it was very unlikely that the thing would rip straight again.
4: Right. So they
0: the insurance company settled with him and he bought a different one. And then we found out where it was. Um, they they took it and they put it on like a scrap liquidation site. And I don't know what, we probably only paid like 500 bucks for it or something like that. And I, I made a deal with Minear to buy the infeed. So I had a good infeed. And I had a piece of shit. Twisted frame <laughs> rip saw. But then we had another rip saw here with a good frame, and the rest of it was crap, and we switched them around. We made we, we made a good machine out of it and made some money on it anyway. Mm-hmm. So.
5: What we always talked about doing is taking a Marine Johnson 424 and dropping it in the same fashion just to see how it would take the fall. <laughs> 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 just being like, see, this is why you should buy a Marine Johnson. You can drop it. But we we never had the guts no. to
1: do a <laughs> can, can it perfect it. candidate sitting out back. Yeah, There's, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: It's true. Somebody else already messed that one up, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, guys, we've been talking about an hour. Yeah, you got to get going here soon. Yeah, i, I got to huh? go home and do my adult sitting job for the weekend, or for tonight, anyway. <laughs> so I'm glad you came in.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah,
0: it was good stories. I appreciate you telling us your story and the, all about the bees. Yeah, I learned a lot on the bees.
1: Absolutely.
2: Good, so. good. Well, don't hold me to everything on that. I mean, there might be a little yeah. bit inaccurate. Fact checkers might get us.
1: Yeah. yeah, we could be in trouble. We should have Big Dave on here sometime. Yeah, yeah. If he could. that won't be a bad one.
5: you make to sure turn. the mic's further away
1: from. I was going to say you have to turn all the volume. <laughs> <down>. yeah.
2: <laughs> but yeah, he'll come. He won't. He, you would not even have to ask him twice. Yeah. Uh-huh. He'd be a good there go. one. To...
5: There you go, Dean. If you'll be at the Wood Pro Expo, you might see him because he normally hauls our machines down there for some reason.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Ryan, do you want to go over our Wood Pro quick?
3: Oh, coming yeah, up, we got, up um, real soon. got the uh, entry code for our T machine. It's if anyone listening is going here um, Thursday, Friday this week. Um it's two weeks. Two weeks yeah. Next week if when, when this comes out. Yeah. Yeah. It'll right. be that's right. No, it'll be the following week. Right. This will come out next week. The show's the following. Twelfth um, and thirteenth. There, you go. <laughs> there you go. That's the way to do it.
0: October. Push, look at your
3: calendar. <laughs> that's I think it's twenty-five percent off on entry if you use or pre-registration if you use R T M A C H two three. That's R T M A C H. 2 3 and you get 25% off on that entry you can probably put that in the show notes right
1: yeah i'll add all this to the show notes yeah. hope to see you there all right cool. sounds good if you plan to attend the wood pro expo on october 12th and 13th don't forget to stop by and say hello we'll be in booth 503 use code rtmach 23 for 25% off entry Don't forget to support our buddies at Green Street Joinery by subscribing to the American Craftsman Podcast and their new YouTube channel, Today's Craftsman. Both links in the description of today's podcast.